Well, we're so happy to have back on the show James Young, former college basketball coach, who has just been phenomenal the last two weeks in breaking down the NCAA tournament. Coach, thanks so much for coming back on Iron Sports. It's good to be on with you, Ira. Lucky for you, you're uh, you're at the Final Four. I'm stuck in New Jersey, so I think you're having a better time than me. <laughs> well, it's super hot today. It's like 90 degrees. I love it out here. Um, let's just jump right into these tournaments. I mean, for South Florida, a lot of excitement going to the Final Four. And, boy, after Saturday night, sadness. And that first game, Zynga State, FAU, what, what a game. What an end of the game in terms of even that final like seven minutes where it seemed like it was, I compared to a hockey game where San Diego State seemed to have the ball, you know, just shooting, 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 and, and, and FAU could not get the, uh, the ball out of the puck out of the zone or the, the ball on the other side. Yeah, you know, it, it, got, it became a problem. You know, you were wondering when San Diego State was going to try and use their size. You know, obviously with FAU playing four guards, they got away with it in the first half. Uh, and pretty much the beginning of the second half, and then I felt like they were hanging on for dear life, you know, giving up offensive rebounds on free throws, not boxing out. It just seems like San Diego State just kind of willed their way through their power to take on FAU. You know, obviously, you know, Janelle Davis got a great look at the basket. You know, maybe could he went for a little bit more of contact on that drive to kind of force the whistle. Tough going against a big. And listen, not for nothing, sometimes you just got to congratulate the kid. You know, smart play by Brian Dutcher, not holding the timeout, end of game. You know, Butler gets to his sweet spot. Hand was right in the face. You couldn't defend it any better. Sometimes you don't lose a game. Sometimes the other team just wins it. It was interesting that Butcher doesn't call. Not only did he doesn't foul, I mean, he let the FAU run the clock down from 38 seconds down, knowing he would have about seven or eight seconds to go. But it was, you know, there was, some people would say just start fouling at that point. He didn't foul. And then, as you said, he doesn't call a timeout. And let's uh, uh, Michael Jordan style, you know, like Phil Jackson style, let's sort of let the team run and don't, go, don't call the timeout. Well, I think that was a smart play. Listen, you know, at the end of the day, what got San Diego State to where they are right now, Ira, it's their defense. Let's be honest, it's not their offense. So for him, he leaned on his defense to get that stop, probably thinking, hey, if you think about the end of the Kansas State game, what did FAU do, particularly Martin? Knock down free throws at the end of the game. FAU shoots the ball great from the foul line, except for Vlad Golden, who obviously struggled from the foul line going one for five. But you don't call a timeout, Ira, because you don't allow FAU to set their defense. If they call a timeout on that rebound, Maybe, you know, Dusty goes with a little 2 2 1 or 1 2 2 soft pressure to kind of slow it down. Plus, you get everybody matched up who you want to match stuff with. Probably in that situation, maybe we probably want to General Davis to be on uh, Butler, a little bit of a, a bigger guard um, to kind of contest a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's more about Butler making the shot more than San Diego State not getting the stop. I mean, uh, FAU not getting the stop. Yeah, I was on the side where uh, FAU was shooting. So I didn't, when Butler came down, I actually have a great video of that. So I didn't see how close Butler came from stepping on the on the baseline. It was very close with the foot. Um, I saw the picture later. I was like, oh, he almost got stepped out. But, yeah, tremendous play. And uh, I think when you have a team, a senior-dominated team, you sort of let them play and know that they'll figure out a way to win in some way. Yeah, and that's the thing. You kind of let the team go and, and, and finish out the game and, and win or lose it that way. But it's almost a testament to, like, 
you know, when you look at FAU and, and, and Boca Raton stand up and applaud Dusty May, I mean, let's be honest, Ira, there should be a statue built at that guy already down there in Boca. But if you think about it, like you look at that roster, let's be honest, Ira, they should be back. Like they should be. Everybody comes back. They think there's one team. No one's real in the rotation. If everybody comes back, you're going to look at this. FAU could be a top 15 team in the country before they even start the season. As long as everybody comes back, I suspect they will. Who knows with the transfer portal? Maybe you go get someone else. Maybe you go get a backup big, although Rosado was absolutely fantastic off the bench. He was probably better than Vlad Golden. Maybe Golden gets in the weight room, gets a little bit stronger. But at the end of the day, they should be back, Ira. They absolutely should. And the most important thing is Dusty May is going to be back because not all the jobs have been filled unless something opens up in the next couple of months. It looks like at least for next year, Dusty May will be back. And it's probably the biggest return that they have possibly. You know what? Let's be honest. It could be the biggest return in college basketball. I mean, if you think about it, like with all the guys going out and leaving probably for the NBA and guys like Hunter Dickinson, you know, going into the transfer portal out of Michigan, you know, the biggest returner in the country may be Dusty May. And let's turn now to the UConn-Miami game. Boy, I mean, it's like, I look at these lines, the point spreads every game, and UConn is like seven, five, four, and they just keep blowing these teams out. And they got out to that 9 nothing lead, and it's just like they host it. It almost seemed like, you know, Miami would have a little run, but it's like they're perfect at the end of the first half where they hit that three. It's like that's what exactly they did against Gonzaga. They, they hit, they drain a three at the end of the first half. They start the second with a run, game over. Absolutely demoralizing when Carabin hit that three at the end. You know, you force a baseline drive. I think it was Newton. looked like he was kind of out of control. And out of the corner of the eye, he did that skip pass, what we call it, to the window, weak side. And it almost like it was a set play for the three. And it was demoralizing. But to me, you know, you got to give UConn credit. Because let's be honest, they're, they're bludgeoning teams to death. And I don't think it's really going to change tonight. But what would have been if Poplar would have played a little bit better? What would have been if Miami didn't miss 14 layups? When you play a team like UConn, Ira, as great as they are defensively, when there's a lapse, even when it's a contested layup, you got to convert. But that could be also be about not just the toughness, but the size of UConn. When you look at Sunogo and Caravan, and then Klingon uh, coming off the bench, and Jackson at six foot seven, six eight, even Newton as a big guard, Hawkins underrated defender. You know, being from New Jersey and seeing it, if, if you were, you know, you, and you being from the area originally, uh, if you known the area a little bit, if you know anything about Bob Hurley Sr., the father, who coached St. Anthony, legendary coach, that's the way they play. That's how Danny and Bobby were brought up. It was toughness, it was defense, and we are going to break your will. By somehow, some way, and that's exactly what they did to Miami. And the toughest thing about it is, in the beginning of the game, it's what you didn't expect. It's Adonis Sinogo hitting two threes in the first three minutes. Once you hit those threes early on, as a Miami fan, you're probably like, really? And now this happens to us? It was a tough way to end the season, but hats off to Jim Laranega. 
People need to start putting this man as one of the top five coaches in college basketball today. Now let's turn to the, tonight's game. Uh, it, it, I just, you know, San Diego State wants to use their size but UConn has the size. So this is going to be – it's hard to look – it's hard for me to think how they could win this game, but maybe there is a path to, to victory. Well, their path to victory is very simple. they got to they got to have the script that they did against Creighton, right, which is really make Sunogo work the way they made Kalkbrenner work offensively and defensively. But then you got to pray to God – that Hawkins, that Jackson, then Newman, then Carabin, and Clipper off the bench, and all those kids shoot the ball poorly from three. That's got to be the recipe. Because if Adonis gets going early, and let's be honest, we saw it against Miami, he is more than capable. He's just not this low post bully ball, you know, back to the basket big. You know, he beats you off the perimeter. He scores in transition. He scores in O boards. It's almost like you look at San Diego State. And you look at UConn, and San Diego State is a smaller version of UConn, meaning, you know, UConn is San Diego State, but bigger. They're more athletic. They're longer. And then offensively, with Hawkins and Caravan and some of those others, they also shoot the ball better than the Aztecs. No, so I'm, no, I'm pumped for this game. I, I mean, I do think, I mean, anything happened. And remember, the basketball game is 40 minutes. So it's a right. shorter game, and if Senior State gets out, gets a lead, and those things keep happening in college basketball, it's a little bit different. It's not a 48-minute NBA game. So there is the chance, but I have just been impressed that Connecticut gets these leads on these teams, whether it's Arkansas, uh, and we saw with Miami and Gonzaga, and they just get these leads, and uh, uh, and they just they, they stay, you know, they they stay up, they just they just dominate, and, and and it's not even close. And I think that's the most impressive. We see runs and runs and runs, and both pro and college basketball now. It doesn't look like Connecticut allows the opponent to have this huge run that brings them back into the game. That's the key. They hit you with haymakers, and you hit them with jabs. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's the way you think about it, right? I remember, like, UConn always gets the big run. And every time, if you look at Miami, where Miami got a little bit of a spurt, particularly, say, in the first half, when Jackson got his second foul, it was a short run, and then UConn just adjusts, right? And he just turned it up a little bit more. And here's the thing, and this is what I'm going to say to people looking at this game tonight. If San Diego State thinks that they're going to go down by 10 late in the first half against UConn and storm their way back, I got a bridge to sell you. Because there's no way in hell that that's going to happen tonight. Brian Dutcher's got to play this game close to the vest. He's got to keep it tight. He's got to keep it close and hold down the stretch that they steal it. If they let UConn get to a 10, 12, 13, 14 point lead at any point during the game, I think it's over because of the fact that UConn can find a way to pour it on. And then when you throw that jab, Mike Tyson, you right back and you're knocked down to the ground. James, before we let you leave, uh, go. I know you're super busy today, but just some comments on the women's tournament. I totally was watch. I watched the whole uh, semifinal, the final four. Kaitlin Clark's impressive LSU, absolutely amazing victory there. What's your comments overall in terms of of the women's tournament and, and of course the Iowa LSU game, the Iowa South Carolina game? 
you know, obviously you, you thought, and I think I saw this, I was talking to, to my guy Ben Stevens on Sports Grid uh, a little hour ago, and I think he said highest-rated basketball game in college since 2017, male or female. That tells you how great of a women's tournament it was. I told someone this yesterday, and, and I argued this, and people have to understand this. Caitlin Quirk, next year, because remember, folks, she cannot go into the WNBA because the rules state you have to be 22 or graduating within three months of the draft. The draft is next week. She's 21 and doesn't graduate until next year. Caitlin Clark will come back to college next year, and with the COVID year, could have two years, especially with all the NIL money she could make. Caitlin Clark, ready for this, is the biggest college basketball star, in my opinion, since Patrick Ewing or Larry Bird. That's how big this girl is. And the tournament she had was amazing. Eight three-pointers. I was some of the shots. She wasn't even looking at the damn basket. was so impressive. But then you go to the other side. Angel Reese. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Four championships for Kim Mulkey. Here's the recipe with Kim Mulkey's teams. Two bigs. Not one. Two. They have another one, LaDaisa Williams, who was fantastic with 20 points between LaDaisa Williams and obviously Angel Reese, 35 points. And literally, they've got the whole bigs of Iowa in the foul trouble. Fantastic game last night. It's just a shame that we're talking about some of the stuff that happened with Angel Reese with a 20-year-old kid maybe celebrating a little bit too much. But to be fair, Caitlin Clark did it to Haley Van Lifter in the Elite Eight. She dared people to shoot it in the Final Four against South Carolina. But hopefully that goes away, and it should be a celebration of women's basketball at its finest over the weekend. Yeah, and if they would schedule you know, in the regular season, I would LSU next year. I mean, that would be super exciting. I mean, that, you talk about a ratings game. I mean, that would be tremendous. I mean, someone's got to schedule that in Vegas or somewhere. And I would, they should also probably play a home-and-home home at a neutral site in terms of getting television ratings for college. That's why I knew that Tennessee and, uh, and Connecticut never, would never schedule each other for years. But you would think for the women's game to have an Iowa game uh, versus LSU would be tremendous next year. Well, I think what's, what's, what's better about the women, Ira, than the men is the women go play each other out of conference. The men typically, unless it's like, you know, ACC, you know, Big Ten or you know, SEC Big East or one of these challenges or a team like Michigan State with Tom Izzo will go play anybody in the country, a lot of them avoid each other and they schedule a cupcake. I have a message for some people. How about this? How about we get Miami Florida Atlantic next year. You want yeah. to talk about something that'll be exciting for South Florida? What? What? How about Miami? How about Florida State? How about you all that? Why don't you guys schedule Dusty May? I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, well, we got a lot to lose. It's a it's a mid major. No, 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 no. Let's be honest. You know, Miami will be up there in ranking next year, but Florida, you know, Florida State, you're not going to be ranked. You, Central Florida, you're not going to be ranked ahead of. Dusty May and Florida Atlantic, do yourself a favor. Go play them, and how about I got a better one? Go to Boca and play Dusty's boys. <laughs> well, I think that game might be in the Miami arena and be a sellout. That would be tremendous. But, but anyway, James, just tell us how we can follow you uh, for the, you know, now. So just what's your, in terms of uh, social media, on the radio, how can we follow you? 
Uh, I'll be, my Twitter handle is at CoachYoungNJ. That's CoachYoungNJ. Pretty simple. Same thing on TikTok. Uh, tonight at 9 to 12 p, uh, 9 p.m., 12 a.m., I'll be on Sirius 159, all of Sports Grid Affiliates, Amazon Free TV, myself and Ben Stevens will do in-game live, Bracket Central from 9 to 12, perfect second screen experience. You can turn the sound down. I know it's Jim Nance's last game. God bless him. We all love what he's done for college basketball. But Jim's had his turn. Listen to Ben and I as we talk about the game live, and I kind of give you something that you will not see out of some of the people. You'll see it a little bit out of, my, out of, uh, out of our guy Braff, but you won't see it out of Grant Hill. You'll see me break down the game as a coach real time to see how both Brian Dutcher and, of course, Danny Hurley adjust during the game. Jay, I know you're super busy today. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it for coming on Iron Sports. Hey, great to be on with you, Ira. Listen, we're not done yet. We got NBA playoffs coming up. Miami Heat, let's see. Can they make one last run? I hope so. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks Ira.